Two more challenges await you. They're much bigger than that. Oh, yeah, that is... That's a big statue. The statues begin to rumble to life. I guess we haven't confirmed if this is bad yet. Oh, no, it, no, it's bad, but... Oh, yeah, I figured. All right. Fourth one of the night. The Doshko goes flying from your grip. Next turn, I'm kicking him in the balls, then. They're also genderless golems. It's a figure of speech. <laughs> so he jumps up, kicking off the knee and stabs the spear through its head. You see a platinum bracelet with an amber gem inset into it. Dibs! Welcome, one and all, to the Die by the Dice podcast. We're an actual play tabletop RPG in Starfinder. Thank you for joining us in our space adventure. I'm John, and I'll be the GM for this game. I'm Lisa. I'm playing Kerr Silvana, the Vesk Soldier. I'm Tom. I'm playing Lycos 9, the Android Solarian. I'm Brent, and I'm playing Sparks, the Ahsoki Mechanic. I'm Jessica, and I'm playing Noemi Domash, the Lashunta Technomancer and Captain of the Gap. With just one chamber left in the Soul Forge for which to prove yourselves in, Sir Shar begins to motion you over towards the final doorway. Are you all ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Here goes nothing. Okay. Just kind of nod. Beyond these doors are a series of chambers. Corruption has spread within the temple, and it will be up to you to remove it. When you enter a corrupted chamber, there will be a... Man, I'm trying to think of the word, and it's totally blanking on me. Starts with... Sounds like... Okay. (laughs) First word. (laughs) When When you enter a corrupted chamber, there will be a machinery... No, and not a machinery. <laughs> Holy shit. A singular machinery. It, be has, one it machinery. has been a month since we've done this. A little <laughs> rickety. Take that rust off. All right. For real this time. This I is get, a good one. I did good. It'll talk no good. Yeah. First try. Here we go. Within. When you enter. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> I had it. Literally started laughing at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's going to make up for him to be laughing at you on Saturday. All right. Fair. <laughs> When you enter a corrupted chamber, there will be a mechanism to purge it with sunlight. Once you enter the chamber, you cannot leave it without activating this mechanism. Once activated, there will be a 10 second countdown before the chamber will be exposed to the sun's rays and everything inside will be obliterated. I recommend not being in the chamber when this happens. Duly noted. 10 seconds, you said? I did. The chamber is not large, but there are 16 of them. Uh, She opens the first door to the hallway leading to these series of chambers, uh, and there is a map of the area on the wall. The map on the wall shows a 4x4 grid of rooms, with the upper leftmost one showed as the entrance, and the lower rightmost one as the exit. The upper leftmost one is not corrupted, but the other 15 all are full of corruption. She says, plan your route carefully, because once you begin, there is no going back. Hey, just so I know what we're walking into here, what exactly do you mean by corruption? An evilness, a, a dark presence, abyssal in nature, has made its way into the heart of this temple. Mm, that's very specific. Thank you for clarifying. If you do not linger in the rooms, there will be no long-term effects. Perhaps a little nausea upon exiting. If you were to set up shop there on the long term, there could be health issues or perhaps mental issues. And if you stayed there post-exposure to the sun, you'll be vaporized. Then you'd miss that one. You're right. The random chatter you're hearing is us trying to figure out the path and yeah. doing it with our fingers. <laughs> I think I remember a little bit about this puzzle. We can only enter the rooms once, except for this one. We can re-enter uh, this one. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not speaking into the microphone, I'm sorry. But we can like get that one, come back, 
and then go. I think that's part of it. Okay. But I don't know how. Okay. Let me, let's, you logic it out from there, I guess, because okay. you can see it better than I can. So we went there. Yeah. Came that, back. That does it. Yeah. If you do. Yep. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, boop. exactly. You're brilliant. <laughs> and John's puzzle was ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had Lisa as a safety valve for this one. If <laughs> things were going too awry, I had her as my ringer because I know she saw this uh, puzzle solution the with the same me. puzzle. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. So, we'll go into this, the room below it, then return, and then then follow the path. Yeah, because I was like, every try, way I try it, you always miss it by one. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. And now we have to just hope that there's nothing in there that is going to, like, catch us or slow us down or... Let's find out. Here we go. Room number one. Okay. Sparks so, immediately activates his energy shield. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jessica, why don't you go ahead and kind of detail your route uh, for the listeners here. All right. So first we're going to go, um, we'll do cardinal point directions. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to head south into the first room. Um, our plan is to get rid of the corruption. And then we will return north to the first room that we started in. We will then head through the other rooms going east, south, south, west, south, east, east, north, 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 east, south, south, south to the exit. By the end, you make it to the exit with all the corruption purged in your wake. Oh, wow. Boom. The mechanisms are easy to operate and there doesn't appear to be any specific hostels. As you're entering each corrupt chamber, there's a feeling of kind of dread and malaise, but nothing accosts you. What does the wow. corruption look like? It's sort of a hazy, purplish smoke that semi-fills each chamber. Do we, Dramatic. Do we run into any more, um, what do you want to call it, uh, like artifacts? Like the crown, the bracelet, the amulet? Yes. At the far end of the exit, once you have left the last chamber, there's a slightly larger room, about 15 by 15, with a pedestal in the center of it. Uh, on that pedestal are a pair of rings, um, both... Simple gold with a diamond inset in each of them. Kerr, these are for you. Do they look big enough to fit on Kerr? <laughs> they may be a little small. <laughs> she can always wear it as a necklace. I'll, I'll pocket the rings if they don't fit. Uh, as you try to put one on, it seems to resize to fit your finger. Aha. I figured that was a possibility. I was just curious if they looked big enough. Mm -hmm. Then I'll put them on. Yeah, you, right. you, were, uh, you were the key to this puzzle, so this is appropriate. We've all gotten the artifacts we deserve. Thank you, Captain. As you emerge back to the central chamber, you see all four of the guardians of this place awaiting you. Sir Gwyneth Shar kind of has that look of bit incongruous mischief with the kind of the gravity of those around her. Uh, Squire Beltane still sort of eyes you sheepishly a little, still odd to be in such laudable company as her peers. While Lord Evren Mavari and Sir Tirith both kind of eye you with a begrudging respect, especially Lord Mavari, who sort of got off the wrong foot with you guys mm -hmm. when you first arrived. Mm -hmm. He says, well met, champions. You have done well within these walls. I gave him an inscrutable look. And earned your passage to the heart of the Soulforge. You have collected artifacts from within each of these chambers. Present them beyond with your chosen representative at the fore. Any motions to you, Sparks? Oh, me first, huh? Uh, all right. Nothing bad ever happened when I went first. The four of them approach the massive set of inlaid doors at the back of the Soulforge. Okay. 
Beyond, you can see the radiant light of the sun pouring through the stained glass in Eomedes' sigil. With Squire of Beltane beginning to uh, sing a litany in Celestial, uh, the other three of them all summon their Solarian weapons. A longsword for Lord Mavari, a sort of twisting, almost whip-like weapon for uh, Sir Shar, and for Sir Tirith, a pair of blades extending along his wrists. Like Blood Rain? More like the hard light blade from Mass Effect. Mm. All right. So as one, they each of them strike a specific port in the door, and the door itself seems to shudder and then open. Uh, you all have to kind of shield your eyes a little bit from the radiance within, but beyond you see four pedestals, uh, each with like a slightly raised stander in front of them, or I guess behind them, so you just stand on the pedestal in front of you. At the heart of the Soul Forge, you see a spinning ball of light encased in like a crystalline housing. Uh, it's hard to look at, almost impossible to look directly at, but the crystalline housing seems to just just shield it enough so you're not all instantly blinded. Uh, does it look like any of the specific artifacts are supposed to match with a specific pedestal? or It does not seem like okay. it. Okay. Well, so I walk up to the second pedestal from the left okay. and put the pendant on it. Oh, sorry. The pedestals, real quick. There are there's three in the back and one in the fore. Oh, so it uh, makes like kind of a triangle shape. Are we okay. supposed to stand on them? There's like a a pedestal and then like a little raised platform beyond it. So it looks like you're supposed to stand on the platform beyond the pedestal and like think like a podium. Okay. I feel like the crowd is probably the one that's. Well, but we said he said to put yeah me at the four. So I'll climb up to the first one and kind of motion for the others to climb on theirs. We'll step up to ours. Yep. Okay. As you get in position, the doors close behind you, and you hear a soft like vibration go through the chamber. The crystal in front seems to iris a little bit, uh, and a beam of radiant light pierces forward and impacts with you, Sparks. Okay. It's never gone badly. Yeah, what could go wrong? As the light hits you, uh -huh. your vision is completely obscured by its brilliance. We rejoined Sparks years ago. In the operational headquarters of Biophase Intersystems. In his personal laboratory, hard at work, uh, late one evening, there's a ping on your door comm. Uh, yeah? Dr. Dib, it's uh, Zia. Are oh. you are you in? Uh, yeah. And I'll, well, okay, we said I was in the lab, right? So I guess I'll just open the door if it was closed. She comes in and she says, how's the brain hog coming out? Uh, the synapses still aren't quite right, but it's getting close. Yeah, that's actually kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I found something the other day, almost buried within uh, our our research notes here. Huh, throw it on screen. Uh, she goes to her data pad, and then one of your screen, your all your schematic kind of minimized for a moment, and then pulls up with her screen share. She says, take a look at this. That's your neocortex, right? And uh, it, it, like the almost an identical schematic comes up on it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it... Looks familiar. Where'd you say you found this? In kind of a dead-end folder. I was just kind of cleaning up some of my records and stumbled on this. But look at this. And she kind of highlights some of the circuits. She says, this isn't a subordinate uh, cortex. It's a control one. You're right. I don't remember building this this way. And hold on. So he starts like clacking away at the keyboard and, like, you know, refining things, trying to go through, maybe see if there's, like, a version history or anything on the file. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make a computer's check. Uh, where'd my D-check go? 
Uh, that's going to be a 30 flat. All right. No, 27, sorry. Yes, you're able to delve into the file history and kind of reverse engineer the saves. About three versions previous, you see one of your schematics from about two versions back of your current exocortex. Hmm. Was there like a user account associated with the changes? In fact, there was. While there were a few other designers who actually made the adjustments, the person who allowed for the overwrite and access of the file was Zen himself. Hmm. Um, okay, so given the project history, would I know like what this would be used for? Yeah, uh, mind control, effectively. Yeah, that's what I thought. Zia, how careful were you when you accessed this file? I tried to backtrace my steps a little bit, but like I said, I was just cleaning out old files, just trying to get rid of a bunch of, a bunch of junk. I mean, you've seen my, my file <laughs> system. I, I'm not particularly about in the moment. Yeah, I think that's what maybe somebody was counting on. Um, see, we got to keep this pretty quiet, I think, for a little bit. We got to we got to be careful here. Zen already knows about it. I mean, it was his access that got us in there or got in there. Yeah, but this none of this is supposed to be used this way. I mean, mind controls. Well, okay, rolling back a little bit. I'm operating under the assumption that straight up mind control is probably illegal in some way, shape, or form. In most places, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're way outside of spec here. None of this stuff's supposed to be applied this way. Um, I'm personally a little bit offended, but uh, you know we gotta we gotta worry about you know, legal ramifications of all of this as well. I mean, we only notice this because you know we're up to our elbows in this tech. the The average inspector just snap slapping okay on a packed world's patent. Like these are supposed to help people with like brain injuries or. Uh, critical diseases. I mean, if they're if they're installing these with these overwrite switches in them. Wait, I go back to the file and check the like metadata on it. Like, how old is this file? Uh, it's it's very new. Like they've. It seems like they diverged about two three weeks ago from your specs. Okay, but you can see where they would be able to re-engineer whatever your final product is to incorporate these changes. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to need to see if you can give me a hand with this and ask, like, motion towards the terminal that's next to her or next to him. Sparks is going to try to, with Zia's help, see if he can, like, one, kind of start covering his tracks a little bit to, like, you know, VPN somewhere and, like, change the location of his IP and all that stuff, try to mask his identity as best he can, and then try to um, see if he can check, like, whether this version has, like, already gone into, like, mass production and if so like where those units might be going going through the logs it looks like this is still a fairly clandestine prototype uh -huh. um it based on the last two kind of version updates to it uh, they've come within days of your kind of next version on the the main prototype okay it seems like they're building off of your work to keep up okay but for the most part it's very it's very localized. You don't see a lot of versions beyond this one. Okay. So in between like misplaced like pride and flattery and like being a little bit upset that they're like using his work in that way. So if it's not in mass production yet and there anything, is there any record of like stuff that has been produced? Has it actually been assembled at all? Or uh, is it just design phase right now? It has, it's still in the design phase. The okay. only uh, active prototype you have uh, that you're still tinkering with is the one you've installed in yourself 
Ah, okay. In that case, he's going to... I'm going to see if I can save like a copy. I'm going to download a copy of the design into my own like memory cortex thing and then try to like basically shred the file, like the digital equivalent of like shredding the design. Mm -hmm. As you begin to do it, she says, Dib, if you shred that, like all the work we've done, I mean, that's three years gone. I mean, like, are you sure? Do you really want your name attached to mind control units? I mean, didn't really strike me as the type. Okay, so, I mean, this is corporate espionage at this point. We're not just, like, saying I quit. We're destroying Bioface Intersystems' intellectual property here. Seems worth it to me. Yeah, okay, me too. What Wait, can I do to help? hang on. I got a better idea. <laughs> so... I guess I already said I shredded the file. Are we going to... Uh, you haven't yet. Okay. She kind of, as you were beginning that process, she interrupted you. Okay. Um, instead of just destroying the data, I think he's going to, like, inject a whole bunch of, like, junk code, basically, and, like, weird parts of it to make it do other, like, unexpected stuff and just try to, like... No. Oh, God, do I want to do that? No, because I'm still leaving him with stuff. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just destroy it. So it takes the better part of the next hour or so, but you delve deep and every scrap of your project is erased from the system. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, um, we should kind of, we need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose we should probably spend some time freshening up the resumes, huh? <laughs> she says... Uh, also, try not to get shot on the way out. <laughs> Okay, get that terminal and just let's get this building haywire. I can get us off the roof if you can get us there. All right. Grab my D20. Here we go. Um, okay, so I guess I'm going to try to set off basically like a whole bunch of alarms throughout the building. And then like whatever other random chaos I can like fire suppression systems, like AI, like fire up like minorly functional like robot things like in random parts of the building all kinds of chaos all right uh, no, no check required oh okay uh, good because <laughs> that wasn't very good <laughs> so yeah you're able to get into all of it okay um, go ahead and describe your your flight to the the roof there um okay so let's see his office where would my lab be i imagine the labs are probably not like in a like a high building they're probably like down below somewhere so I'd probably have to try to find my way to like a, a lift or something to get to the top. So we'll say, I guess I like programmed an express route or something like that and like launch us to the top as fast as we can. Okay. Uh, yeah. As you get to the lift through the chaos. Hang on. He's an engineer. Jetpacks are way cooler. <laughs> Going with the jetpacks. <laughs> All right. How do you get outside to use a jetpack? Uh... I mean, he's got. If he's got full access, we'll just throw all the like security doors that need to be open. Open, you know. So you were hoping for explosives, weren't you? <laughs> I mean, I just I was curious <laughs> how you're going to get outside. Z's able to give you get you overridden into the elevator shaft, mm -hmm. and that's your means of ascent. Okay. She says, if we could just get outside, we would just get outside. <laughs> they're, 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 we're going to be stopped in the way the way out. So, mm -hmm. but this should be. They won't be expecting this. Okay. So your makeshift jetpacks leave you both a little bit singed, but <laughs> still more or less in one piece. You're, you're probably going to need a new pair of pants. <laughs> oh, I needed that for other reasons. 
As you get Did there, you wear your brown pants. <laughs> as you get there, she begins speaking in clipped code and making a few like mathematically relevant gestures in the air. Okay. Uh, she sweeps her hands across, and as she goes, you can see like a swarm of nanobots uh-huh. just fill them and begin sort of coalescing in the air around her hand. But she kind of gives you a hug. See, I'm flattered, but... Yeah. Zia gives you a hug, and as she does, you can feel like a tingling sensation on your back as the nanobots create uh, a large pair of gossamer wings. Oh, cool. Um, she sort of touches herself between her shoulder blades, and a pair of hers appear as well. Someday you're going to have to tell me how you do this. She says, uh, just accept this magic and we'll move on. <laughs> Sparks, it's been an honor to work with you. Likewise. And she, with that, she leaps off the edge of the building and the wings spread she soars over the cityscape into the the distance as rain begins to fall what do you do i have wings too you do uh i'll give them a little test flap because i'm still a little unsure all right they uh, respond effortlessly like you've always known how to fly huh really i'm gonna have to learn how to do this uh and i'll take a little bit of a leap all right there's an unsettling moment where you think I don't know how to fly, but (laughs) a moment later you're caught by the currents and uh, drift away. The rain spatters against your face as you make your escape. Cool. The radiant light pours into sparks. Uh, You can see like reflected energy pouring out of his eyes and out of his mouth as he like throws his head back in shock. Uh, From his back, a split beam of three beams of light... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a split beam of a beam? Yep. yep. Uh, three more rays fire back at the other three of you, uh, each impacting you square in the chest. Kerr, as the light overrides your vision, you find yourself back on Vesk 2. You're in your dwelling, packing. Uh, your war chest and like duffel bag, effectively, almost full with all your equipment. Uh, you're having a little bit of trouble fitting your favorite cannon into the already packed uh, suitcases. Uh, From the other room, you can hear quiet but tense conversation going on. And then finally, the door to your chamber is is opened up, and uh, in walks your mother. She says, invest, of course. But Kerr, why the packed worlds? I shall spend some time with my aunt and uncle. I was told by your lieutenant that you you were performing admirably, that there was... A posting for you. You're on the track for an officership. Someday I mate. For now, I am going to the Pact World. To do what, daughter? To experience them instead of just hearing about them. To gain insight and information. Scouting, if you will. Learning. Oh, don't twist this around on me, scouting. This is some fool quest. Where did you get this idea in your head from? There is honor to be gained within the Vescarium. Glory to be gained within the Vescarium. And you would, you would just throw that away. There is also honor and glory in the Pact Worlds. I would seek it out. Without the Vescarium, the Pact Worlds would have been overrun by the Swarm. They are not... There is no glory to be got there. They are weaklings. And yet the Visk are still allied with them. I would learn more about our allies. About their capabilities. And you are so dead set on this. I have made my decision. 
Fine. Go then. She turns and leaves, the, the silence just lingering behind her. You hear your door slide open again. She means well, you know. I know. The silent war was not... For those who fought in it did not build a lot of allies between our peoples. The silent war, as you know, was a long-standing war between the Viscarium and the Pact Worlds prior to the arrival of the Swarm that threatened both of their civilizations. Uh, it only ended fairly recently uh, and was basically a, a means of survival for both factions. It's kind of a... Enemy of my enemy? Yes. The resulting ceasefire has kind of been a tense piece. Each sort of waiting for the other to resume hostilities. She lost many friends to warriors and ships from the pack world. I understand. I have no wish to lose any of mine. Then why are you saying goodbye to all of them? You, I know you sort of had a, a tough time amongst your regiment, but surely, surely you must have had some people you got along with. Of course. I'm not leaving for any ill effects. This is simply what I have decided to do. The young always are a mystery to the elders. My father said the same to me when I was about your age. Shall I pass on any message to your sister? Just that we hope she is well, and that she is earning honor for herself in her own way. Of course. I have decided is not a reason, you know, and that is why your mother is so inferior. She does not need to know all of my reasons. But a reason would be nice. You do not have to live with her at this point. <laughs> That is true. So I beg of you, please, before you go, tell your mother why you are leaving. Or, if that does not suit your purposes, then as my last order to you as your superior, <laughs> do the same. Whichever better suits your palate. But help me in this. And he, uh, like, puts his hand on your shoulder and gives you a, like a warm nod and then departs. So, you're all packed up. Off-world transit's been made available. What do you do? I will walk out and find my parents. Okay. And say that I am going to the Pact Worlds to meet up with my aunt and uncle to offer my services. They've had some hardships, especially with the recent times. After the Silent War, it has been... Diplomatically tense. I can protect her. Gain insight that might help her. And as a trusted family member, I am uniquely suited to that sort of position. Your mother doesn't seem to be... She doesn't seem pleased by your answer, but uh, your father puts like a restraining hand on her shoulder. And then he says, find honor and glory in whatever you choose to do. My sister will be lucky to have you watching over her. Thank you. Your mother didn't say anything, but her face seems to soften a little bit. And it seems like there's nothing more to be said on the subject. I'll go. All right. 
Have you had time to think, Jesse? A little bit. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to throw at you, though. No, but I, I also don't have... I don't know where I put my backstory. Oh, no. I can just imagine I'll be in accounting drudgery. Oh, so you're just going to pull from your real life. Exactly. <laughs> we flashed back to just spreadsheet after spreadsheet after spreadsheet. And you're like, well, that makes sense. Next. <laughs> and your parents but, <laughs> Why do you want to leave? disappointed in you. <laughs> why do you want to leave accounting? Do you see what we do? <laughs> All right. Noemi. <laughs> oh, God, I'm last. Lucky. <laughs> it's going to be like rebooting. The, You're like three years old, aren't you? What are you going to yeah. flash back to? That's sort of what I'm curious. I'm like, I'm like three. <laughs> I'd love to hear a little boot up. Updating Lycos, please do not turn off Android. <laughs> <laughs> little dial-up noises. Yeah. The Windows boot up music. <laughs> oh. All right, you're at a, an upscale restaurant on your homeworld of Castroville. You're in the latter section of your secondary education with a lot of your focus going towards like mathematics and economics and things like that. Um, but this is not why you're there. Uh, you're there in a big celebration. Uh, Gianna has just returned home from graduating top of her class at the Naval Academy and has already received a posting to a combat ship, the Black Star, a well-known vessel of good reputation. And this is a celebration of basically all of that. Your other sister's just seemingly effortless success, once again thrown in your face. <laughs> by your uh, possibly somewhat too supportive family. <laughs> Music is playing, and all of her friends from back home have come out to, to see her, and a few have either come from around the pack worlds to uh, celebrate. And it seems that those that couldn't, due to postings in the vast, when they found out about it, had all sent presents. So there's like a huge pile of gifts. In intoxicants are flowing freely, and everyone's just telling all how they always knew she would amount to greatness. Yeah, Noemi's probably a few cups deep. <laughs> All right. An elder cousin has sort of been trying to keep an eye on you a little bit. And as you reach for a, uh, a fourth, he reaches over and says, that's about enough for you. Uh, or doesn't say anything. It's all like the, you're all communicating telepathically and just the air is abuzz with exultant emotions. You're kind of this little dour spot. That yeah, I'm a little kind of, gray cloud. <laughs> yeah. And because everyone can sort of sense it around you, you've been given a bit of a wider berth. He reaches over and pulls it away. He says, I don't mind indulging on special occasions, but I think you've had about enough. This is a celebration, right? <laughs> yeah, but you're not really celebrating at this point. <laughs> nah, not yet. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why don't you, let's talk about something better. How's, how's classes going? Fine, fine. I mean, you know, it's, it's math. It's not, you know, as exciting as what Gianna has going on, but... <laughs> I'm doing decent. Finals are around the corner. Oh, yeah? Are you looking clean up over there? I, I'll do fine. Well enough. Good enough to graduate. Hey, well, that's something. <laughs> Why don't we celebrate with a drink? <laughs> he says, sure, and completely downs the one that you were just reaching for. He brings over a bit of, like, sparkling berry juice and says... Why don't you celebrate with one of these at this point? Quitter. She rolls her eyes, but she takes it. I mean. It says, if your parents had seen the three you down already, I'd be strung up and you'd be locked in your room till, I don't know, the sun explodes. <laughs> so why don't we just 
Tickets for the, the stealthy success it was, huh? Fine. It's not like they'd notice. He says, hey, there's, like, economics are the background bone of civilization. Without, you know, barter and trade, what would there be? We wouldn't have starships. That That's important, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can tell. That's... You know there's not going to be a party like this for me. I mean, like, who doesn't like spreadsheets? You don't really understand what I go to school for, do you? I don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's still a lot of territory that we didn't, we didn't really know about before the, uh, the armistice with the, the, high, the, high, the high hive queens. And so I'm really just kind of enjoying exploring. I've always been kind of a, a tracker by nature, and there's new places to go. Yeah, I mean, I am interested in, you know, other cultures and things like that, but I don't know. I feel like I need to do something that's going to earn me credits. Other cultures are great. I heard that the... Uh, Ifarians, their math system's in base 7, so that's cool, right? Sure, yeah, no, that actually that's interesting. I hadn't known that. I mean, I don't know. I can't, I can't compete with her, with her success. I just, I don't know. As long as, as long as I have a job that pays the bills, I think that mom and dad will be happy enough. Alright, alright, hold on. Let's take a step back here. If you had all the credits in the world, what would you do with it? I don't know. I mean, definitely get the hell out of here. Maybe, I don't know, explore. Go see what's out there and check out different races and cultures. And this, I mean, we're such in a bubble here. We just, you know, all we know is, is here and this is the way and I don't know. All right, all right. That I can get behind. When you get something put together, and it's it's probably going to be a little while, but when you decide that you're tired of sitting behind a desk and you'd like to see this dream out a little bit, I'm in for 2,000 credits. Seriously? Yeah, I know what a good investment opportunity when I see one. You're not just taking pity on me. Are you kidding me? Of course I wouldn't. No, this is this is legit. You'll go places. Far places. Places that Gianna couldn't even dream of on her dumb ship. The Black Star. What kind of name is that anyway? Kind of cool. <laughs> that's a little... It's a little up its own ass if you really think about it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's fair. It is a little full of itself. Just like her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, and then at this, there's a... Like... A, a lull in the music, and then, like, a big sweet is brought out, like an enormous cake. And she's put on a big show, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe... You guys, I, it's too much. No, thank you. It's, this is not... But you can tell she's just gag, soaking it up. Um, he goes, uh, we, we really should sing. If you insist. I'm, I might need one more drink, though says, not in your life. You know what? We'll toast when you get your ship. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. And he kind of leads you back over to the singing. We found out why Noemi and Sparks get along. <laughs> <laughs> one more drink. Watch. 
you have to put up with my sister too? <laughs> I've all put up with your sister. It's pretty good. <laughs> you know, for an only child, you got kind of the, that tone pretty yeah. close. <laughs> pretty dead on. Were you always an only child? Yeah. My whole life. <laughs> Lycos 9. Uh, you somehow know that is a thing you can be called. You can be called whatever you want, but that is a designation. You wake up and your first, your first moments, your first recollection are discomfort. There is a weight upon you and some of your limbs are twisted into uncomfortable positions. You're not sure if this is normal, but if this is life, you're not a fan. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so far, it's been a bit rough. Suddenly a Hawthorne Heights album starts playing in the background as you get your hair dyed black. <laughs> as you assess your surroundings, there's kind of a, a rank smell that fills your nostrils, and your eyes take a few moments to kind of calibrate to the darkness. Uh, looking around, you can see, though you don't quite exactly know what it is yet, uh, there is a junk pile and like refuse scattering as far as you can see to the ends of your dark vision, and you seem to be about... 40% covered in trash. <laughs> I try to move. It takes a little bit of maneuvering, but you're able to pull yourself from the refuse heap. You kind of assess your body. Uh, looking down, you see yourself, and you're wearing kind of a tattered onesie, more or less. A bit of station wear that's certainly seen better days and definitely smelled better. A creature of some kind begins lowly growling at you from about 10 feet away. Uh, is there anything nearby I can grab to defend myself? Like a pipe i'm gonna look uh, what do you see it's like within arm's reach i'll let you kind of take some some situational agency here all right i guess i just kind of reach out for the first thing that uh is happens to be nearby and he grabs like a piece of he's not even sure if it's like a pipe because it like ends and kind of becomes like serrated metal at the end uh and is kind of just a big chunk of like scrap metal okay that he pulls out of the the junk pile all right the creature begins inching closer towards you it's got four legs a mangy-looking tail, uh, and it's, it's a dog. Okay, I'm, I'm bitten on the bush here. It's a dog. You don't recognize it as a dog, but it's a dog. <laughs> uh, it's malnourished. It's mangy. It's fur. It's very patchy. Uh, it has kind of a wild look in his eyes, and uh, make a perception check. 11. Uh, I just woke up. Give me a break. Yeah. It seems to me like it's, uh, it's salivating as it's like moving towards you, uh, growling. Uh, I use the the scrap metal and slam it on the ground in front of the dog. Uh, just kind of shout loudly to see if I can scare it away. Okay, yeah, it starts at this and basically takes it off into the the heap, yiping. So once the kind of I guess immediate threat of the dog is gone, I take a look around and see if I can get my bearings. Is there any sign of? I guess I'm, I'm sure what my guy can perceive in terms of like, or I perceive would be aware of concepts like civilization or other people, but. He kind of gets his bearings and see if there's any like buildings or other people he can kind of head towards and find out where he is, what's going on. As you're looking around, you see another person in a similar shape to you. Uh, they're clad in sort of a makeshift outfit or armor of some kind, a bit of scrap piled along their person with a large pack on their back. They seem to be sifting through the, the heap, and as you regard them, he says... That mutt probably wasn't much of a threat to you. It was just after its meal, and he motions behind you, and you can see a, like a half-consumed carcass of some other animal behind you. I was not aware. 
I woke up and a strange creature was growling at me. I did not try to hurt it. I just tried to scare it. That's a kindness to be sure. I mean, with that whacking stick there, you could have done some serious harm, and that that mutt didn't deserve it. Life's hard enough around here. It would seem so. Where is here? Uh, you're down in the spike. He thinks to himself, that didn't help. <laughs> um, says, he, he looks. He does look kind of like confused. Um, oh, Absalom Station, center of the galaxy, trade hub of the Pact Worlds, and beacon to folks around the whole of the universe. Uh, thank you. Now, I got a question for you. Uh, he says, oh, my name's Scrapper Tanner, by the way. And he kind of... He moves easily amongst the, the pile of trash with mm-hmm. practiced footing. Uh, he comes over and you can see he's doesn't have the same kind of luminescent circuitry that you do, uh, but otherwise has the same kind of body shape. He stands about six inches shorter than you, and as he takes his glasses off, you can see he has heterochromatic eyes. Okay. Uh, he kind of squints and says, Now, I was sure you were dead about 20 minutes ago. Um, before I respond as Lycos... I am generally aware of, like, Android stuff, right? I'm not, like, a complete toddler. Yes, you have kind of, like, this some amount of baseline knowledge. You're still pretty confused, uh, but, like, you have, like, a kind of baseline adult level of knowledge, yeah, okay. but not a lot of application for it. All right, just want to, like, jump the gun on what I was aware of. All yeah. right, um, it kind of, like, stops for a second and goes, a version of me was dead. This is a new one. I am not who was dead before. If that makes sense. It's still new to me. All right, all right. But you see, I look at something like that, and that says dead. And he motions to a set of now kind of scabbed over wounds, or kind of scarred over wounds on your midsection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks, there's like five puckered scars in kind of a radial pattern about equidistant around a circle, right about kind of where your belly button would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, now I don't know about all your android internals, but someone like me gets a wound like that? Yeah, dead is what we are. We are not as dissimilar. Uh, the damage did cause the previous inhabitant of my body, designated designation Lycos 8, to die. But the body itself continued to repair itself, and I was able to find new life in this form. Well, you seem an amenable enough fella. Why don't you stick with me a little bit? Here. And he... Shimmies out of his coat and offers it to you. Uh, I like do everything I can to like not crinkle my nose because based on what you're saying, it reeks to high hell. Um, it's sort of normalized in the few minutes that you've been down here. Okay, so then I don't. In that case, I don't have to react. Um, thank you. I I appreciate the help. He says, "Well, don't thank me yet. It's not an easy life down here, but I'll show you the tricks. Now, come here." I'll show you the difference between crap and junk and scrap and trash. Uh, I just kind of like nod and follow. So cut to, it's probably about six months later. You've made your way to the sanctum of the packs. Mm-hmm. What brought you here? Um, as, at this point, it would probably be that once Lycos has kind of discovered or gotten his bearings, um, he had more of a drive to kind of figure himself out. And he knew that uh, he was going to be happy staying in the the junk pile and he's probably at least in the beginning stages of manifesting his solarian abilities so maybe he has the mode of light following him around but hasn't really gonna maybe like kind of like shortly manifest the spear and 
having seen like hunks of scrap of the of, like ships, uh, has developed a definitive affinity for those and wants to. I mean, he has that kind of maybe childlike. He's been able to find like piloting controls and like could sit and mimic it in his off time, but wants to get into like an actual starship and learn how to pilot it. And so he was heading into the packs to both get a handle on the abilities he's apparently manifesting, plus find a way to get aboard a starship and learn how to pilot. Okay. So you've made your way through the guards and checkpoints and have made your way to their sanctum. And as you enter, you see the packs in a sort of reposed situation like you've seen them many times since. Their architect staff balanced across their knees. Pax opens their eyes and bids you enter. I walk in and kind of bow respectfully. Uh, hello, Pax. Hello. I do not believe we've met before. Uh, my designation is Lycos 9. I awoke about six months ago in the junk at the bottom of Absalom Station. They seem a bit surprised at this. Lycos 9? Really? Uh, yes. Uh, I was aware that my previous designation was Lycos 8 when I awoke and that following any other conventions, mine would be Lycos 9. I felt no compulsion to choose a new name as it seemed perfectly functional. Who shepherded you? I woke up to a dog and then uh, a junker took me in and helped me find my feet. And what's, what has happened to this junker now? He is still alive and well. I just found no joy in staying there. Uh, I have started to manifest abilities, and I kind of indicate the mode of light. I can turn this into a spear, and I've been seeking balance more than I was when I awoke. And I now also find myself bidden to take to the stars, uh, get aboard a starship, and learn to pilot. Uh, I am fascinated beyond measure uh, by these, and the junk pile is not going to serve my needs. That pool is not a unique one, but your abilities are are rare amongst our people. Are they? They are. A tutor could be found for you. Do you wish to know of your of your history, of the history of that body, of what I can acquire at least anyway? He kind of pauses and thinks for a second. My body's past is not mine. Whoever was in this before, form before is not me. It is irrelevant. Very well. I would not force knowledge upon someone who is unwilling for it. Well, like S9, sit. We will speak and find a way for you to meet those stars you seek. Thank you. It is appreciated. So the iris closes. The beam of light is severed, and all of you are left somewhat exhausted from the, the ordeal. Somehow you were all linked in that moment and saw these glimpses of one another's pasts. There's a, a level of understanding that momentarily flows through you. You, Noemi, are a bit more familiar with this sort of thing from being at home when words weren't really necessary to express meaning, but you never got that quite that level of communication with your non-telepathic comrades. Communicating with them is pretty much just them thinking words at you rather than thoughts. Uh, all of you have this residual warmth still radiating within you, and you can feel a, a mutable energy still pouring from the artifacts that you're all wearing. The crystal inside your chest, Sparks, is now 
casting a, a radiant light to rival the ball of solar energy in the center of the chamber. Uh, although that will dim in a matter of moments. And then now it's kind of softly glowing where before it was kind of inert. All of you feel charged by this ordeal. And not only charged, but changed. And uh, as you kind of come to terms with the newfound energy, uh, we will end for tonight. So thank you all for listening to this episode of the Die by the Dice podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Die by the Dice, or you can email us, diebythedice at gmail.com. If you like what we're doing here, or you want to shout out one character particularly for something, then please let us know by either of those means, and you can help us get an item for them, either magical or technological. Uh, they love to have that happen, and I love doing it for them because it's a really cool kind of community collaboration. So we appreciate your shout-outs. Please leave a rec- uh, excuse me. Please leave a comment on your podcast method of listening. Of, uh, <laughs> Word order. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> this is why you can't take time off, John. Yeah. Please leave a comment on your podcast listening method of choice, and if you could tell a friend or family member about the podcast, that would be fantastic. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.